All right, good morning. Welcome into hour number two of Christian Worldview with Dr. Tony Bean. Thanks for hanging around if you were waiting to crank it up. That's, that, that's what we're going to do in the second hour. If you're just coming in, uh, come on in. We're glad you're here. We're expecting a call here from Senator Kimbrell. Uh, that would be Senator Josh Kimbrell, District 11, I think, over in Spartanburg. So we're uh, anticipating that moment. Um, we're going to talk some more about TikTok, so don't worry. I've got, I've got another quote here, um, which is just fascinating to me. And then I've got, um, you know, some, some, some of the hearing from yesterday, some of the back and forth that uh, some of it got kind of dicey. I mean, it, you know, when, when somebody's on Capitol Hill and they're testifying, it's obviously they're dancing around the main topic. Some of these congressmen get a little bit, fe- uh, t- uh, what's the word I'm looking for, testy. I wanted to say feisty, but testy is what they, they become. And I understand that. I mean, when you're, when you're asking direct questions and you're getting the dance, you know, the Potomac two-step, where they're, they're just kind of, uh, well, you know, Congressman, uh, our policies and procedures and our CEO and, and our company leaders and let that, 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 that. When it, really what you're looking for is a yes or no answer. And, and kudos to the congressmen and congresswomen who are willing to look past that. I mean, they, they don't let these people just simply give a word salad answer and not answer directly yes or no. I mean, I think that's... That's important for us not to for us to do that. All right. Uh, need to let you know that a week from today, his radio talk 919-897 FM is going to become a music format. So we will no longer have uh, this radio program in the morning as we are today. And what's going to happen is the whole thing is going to shift to online. I'll be doing the show out of my living room. And if you like the show and want to follow it, you can t- continue to watch it on Facebook Live. It's also hopefully going to be available on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, YouTube immediately, Rumble shortly thereafter, if not immediately. Uh, but there should there should be a listen live function on the website, which is drtonybeam.com, drtonybeam.com, uh, that you can go and listen live from 7.30 to 8.30, and then that'll become a podcast. And, of course, I'm going to have some articles posted at the website and so forth. All right, um, and that will be starting April 3rd on a Monday. And so we'll be hitting that really hard next week since next week is our last week. We welcome to the program now South Carolina Senator Josh Kimbrell. Good morning, sir. Well, good to be with you. It's the end of an era. I'm a little sad, guys. I'm a little sad about this, but I'll listen to you on Rumble. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. We're working on getting that platform up there. All right, give us a little recap, Senator, about uh, what took place in Columbia this past week. It's, it's always exciting to hear um, what, what's happening in our in our state capital. Well, for starters, we did take a stance like other states have against Chinese interests in our state. You know, there's been an effort by a number of uh, organizations connected to the Chinese Communist Party to buy land in South Carolina. Uh, hundreds of acres they tried to buy in McCormick County. Uh, certain areas they've tried to buy property near sensitive in, uh, in, installations. And uh, we put a stop to that yesterday in the Senate. So we did pass a bill to restrict any purchase of land beyond five acres by any uh, Chinese interest uh, connected to the Chinese Communist Party. In fact, if you're connected to the Chinese Communist Party, you can't even buy five acres. But we did say if someone was here on a green card, they had a green card if they were of Chinese uh, a Chinese national, 
with an American green card, they could still buy residential property as long as they had been vetted and, and approved to stay in the United States. But no uh, entity or organization business with ties to the Chinese Communist Party can buy land in South Carolina now, uh, particularly near installations of a military nature or national security sensitive. And I thought that was a good step that we took yesterday, and we did it pretty overwhelmingly. So, and that was bipartisan, I would imagine. Well, there were five five Democrats that crossed over. It was overwhelming in the Republican caucus. I don't think a single Republican defected, but we had zero. Uh, so we had pretty much unanimity among the GOP conference, and then and then we had five Democrats vote for it, which I was kind of surprised by that. I didn't know we'd get five. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad there were five Democrats that realized that China's a threat. I mean, I, you know, I've just kind of been thinking the best thing that could happen is the entire DNC, along with the NBA, could just rent a couple of planes and go to China and stay there because they seem that seems to be where their primary interests are. But anyway, so does this have to be signed by the governor, I expect? Is it already passed the House? Well, it's got to go to the House. I mean, okay. so we don't, okay. it's a Senate bill, so we got to send it to the House. I expect the House would pass that. I would, I would think that they would. And then, you know, I certainly hope. And, and expect the governor to sign it. I mean, I know there's been some pushback by some economic development groups that say, well, this could hurt job creation. And my answer to that is, well, if our job creation is dependent on uh, basically prostituting ourselves to the Chinese Communist Party, then I'll just not take those particular jobs and let's find some other ones. But Absolutely. Uh, I, I, would expect, I would expect the governor would sign that, and I'm, I'm expecting the House to concur, and it has already passed the Senate. So I'm hopeful this becomes law uh, before the session ends in May. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I mean, I mean, it's good that uh, that there was like you say, this is at least somewhat bipartisan that we protect our economic interests and our national security interests by st- keeping away from the Chinese. What else happened this week? Anything else? Well, I further, I, I further uh, put a tar- target on my back by some of the fun, uh, the, the more radical elements of the um, of the transgender movement. I, I took a stand in, yesterday in committee. A bill that I introduced last year, Danny Verdon and I and a number of others, we introduced this year to, to prevent and uh, eliminate any kind of transgender procedure on a minor in South Carolina. Last year, I worked really hard to defund uh, MUSC in the state budget with their uh, transgender pediatric clinic. We did get rid of that. That shut down at MUSC, but there's still medical facilities and doctors in this state that have uh, engaged in hormone replacement therapy for minors. And, and pushing toward a reassignment of minors, and I think that's dangerous when kids are so very young. And so we took a stand yesterday in Medical Affairs Subcommittee moving forward. We're hoping to get this on the floor. Senator Bird and I working very uh, tight together on this to try to get this into the, at least past the Senate this year, if not completely passed and signed, to essentially make it illegal in South Carolina for a minor to get a reassignment surgery. You know, Tony, I... I read these stories, and we had a number of people who testified to this committee yesterday that were detransitioners, that essentially had been, as a young person, as a minor, uh, going through uh, some form of reassignment. Right. And then said, gosh, you know, this destroyed my life and destroyed my health, and why would we allow this to happen? These are people who did this, okay? And the statistics I've seen is you're looking anywhere between 85 to 90 percent of people who do go through a reassignment, particularly as a minor, later regret it and wish they hadn't done it. And that's not surprising because, you know, we don't let people under the age of 18 buy cigarettes or vote or join the military or any number of things because they they just aren't at a place in life to make life-altering decisions. And, you know, having your gender reassigned is a whole lot more consequential than buying a pack of Marlboros. So, in my opinion, we, uh, we need to take a strong stand here and protect the innocence of our kids. 
you know, I, they can, these folks can say what they want. I mean, people say, oh, Kimbrough hates the trans community. No, I've never, I do not hate anybody. And as an, if an adult wants to go through reassignment, I, I don't agree with that choice. And I think it's bad for the adult as well. But they're an adult. They can make that decision. But for minors to have this, uh, it's tragic. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll stop ranting here in a second, but one of the most tr- tremendously sad stories I've read as a young girl, it was it was reported by the New York Post. Her name is uh, Chloe, uh, uh, I think Cole, Chloe Cole, who at 12 years old uh, decided that she wanted to be a boy, and her parents got her pumped full of testosterone. At 15, she had a double mastectomy, and by 18, she regretted it all and had to go try to have uh, reconstructive surgery for her breasts. And but the hormones had done so much damage, she would never be able to really be. A, function, a normally functioning young young woman and, and could never reproduce or have children. And she basically asked the question, why did this happen to me? And it's because nobody protected her. I'm trying to make sure we don't have more Chloe Coles in, in South Carolina. That's my ability. Well, I, and I applaud that. I appreciate the stand you've taken on this. Now, there's going to be, yesterday, the hearing was invitation only is, is the way that it was listed on the app. So, Wednesday, they're going to open it up for other people. Uh, but, you know, what that concerns me because it sounds like we're not going to make crossover with this. Uh, what in the crossover date, March 30th? Yeah, we may not make crossover, but here's the deal. The crossover is kind of imaginary anyway. What I mean by that is that if there's something we want bad enough, we can still change, you know, the procedure to get it. And if it, it, both sides, both the House and the Senate can do that, crossover just means. Without requiring a supermajority, uh, the, the way you want crossovers, if you have something that doesn't have supermajority support, then you want to have uh, that sent to the other chamber before the deadline. In this particular case, this bill has, we have 27 co-sponsors of this. That's essentially the, the, all but three of the Republicans in the Senate. That is two-thirds of the Senate. So the uh, point out are three-fifths. That's enough for us to overcome the crossover deadline. So... You know, I think Senator Verdon and I both are still committed, and I don't want to put words in, in Danny's mouth, have this conversation with him. We still want special order for this bill this year. I want this bill to pass the Senate in uh, March, April, probably April now. But if the House wants to take it up, they can. And uh, I believe there's supermajority support in the House as well. So right. I, I still think it can happen this year. It's still my intention to get it signed into law this year. I think it would be incredibly important for it to be signed into law this year. Uh, Tennessee has done this. Uh, other states are moving in the same direction, and South Carolina definitely needs to be one of those. Um, let me wrap up with an economic question. Let, talk about this big investment that's coming. What is it, Volkswagen? Um, that is like a, well, it's Cal, you know, it's Cal, which is a, a subsidiary of Volkswagen. Okay, all right. Uh, good thing, bad thing, overall, uh, this is going to – mean a lot more jobs. I think 4,000 is the number that I heard. And it's a pretty significant financial Im- investment up to two to four billion in South Carolina. Yeah, look, I mean, I always have heartburn with targeted tax incentives. We've talked about that before, but I also know when other states are doing it, you have to make sure you don't totally pull yourself out of the game. And so my goal long-term is, is fundamental tax reform so we don't have to do targeted tax packages. In this particular case, uh, we vetted it pretty well. Scout is a wholly owned subsidiary of Volkswagen. Volkswagen is a real big ESG pusher, and I don't like ESG. And I know that some folks will still disagree with this, but what I worked on with Senator Peeler 
is I did get scouts executives to commit to they would not put ESG requirements on uh, any of our contractors. In other words, you're a company that's going to do business on that site and work with with scouts in South Carolina. You are not held to the ESG standards that Volkswagen corporate wants to do. And, we, and we're adopting a resolution to that effect in the Senate as well. So I think we've taken steps to, pre- to prevent some of this ESG stuff with it. Further, the, the incentive tax only goes to the site prep itself. We're not paying to build cars or subsidizing their operations. Okay, We basically are helping build uh, the infrastructure necessary to accommodate the facility. If Volkswagen, as the parent company, if, if, if Scout doesn't meet its targets, Volkswagen guaranteed the loan, basically, so that's to pay it all back. And uh, if, if they were to somehow abandon the site, they have to pay back the attendance package, and we still keep the site. So I'm confident we well, can go back and find some other automaker that would use it. Well, that's, look, I still think that on the balance is better than a lot of tax bills we've done in the past. And ultimately, I think can be a really good thing for the Midlands if it, if it all develops the way they say that it's Well, that's a that's significant win if you got them to agree not to use ESG with their contractors. I mean, I just think that's uh, I mean that that's great, and that I mean there could be consequences for that, right? I mean, they could lose some of their incentives if they violate that. Well, I think we'd have to revisit it at that point. And see, part of it is is a phase two of the incentives package, right? So they, yeah, they yeah, want yeah. to come back in a couple of years and ask for more help. If they if they push the ESG stuff after telling me they're not going to, uh, I'm going to be the first person to object to that and fight against that package. So, Senator, I mean, they, we made it pretty clear to them where we are. Senator, thank you. Appreciate the report. Great to talk to you. Look forward to seeing you soon. You have a great weekend with your family. Well, God bless you, you too, and thanks for all you, you do, you and Gary both. We uh, always appreciate you. All right, John's on the phone wants to talk. Go ahead, John. Hey, Tony, listen, I am so upset to hear about what's happening with WHRT. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really, it, it um, I had heard. I, I guess I've only heard about it for about a week, week and a half. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize it was quite so imminent that it was going to happen next week. Yes. And I was thinking that maybe there was a little more, bit more time. I've been in the middle of uh, just a number of other semi crises, and I just wasn't able to move this to the forefront. I am wanting to appeal the decision, and I'm, I'm wanting to ask for reconsideration. I have been a financial supporter to my hurt uh, for some extended period of time. I'm on Social Security disability, and um, I, I, I give to you guys, I, and I give as faithfully as I'm able to. And I, I cannot support a, and I, I hate to say this, and I realize I'll probably offend some people with this, but I can't support another Christian music station. But I can support a station that teaches just last night. I was dealing with an issue that one of the pressing issues that I had mentioned, and I was was dealing with it, and I dealt with it in an unchristlike fashion. And I was under conviction, and I didn't have a clear course of action until Joyce Meyer's 15 minutes came in, and she cut me, the Lord used her to cut me to the quick and tell me exactly what I needed. Now, if I'd been trying to surf the Internet or whatever, I wouldn't have picked it up. But I picked it up immediately off of the radio. I can pick it up off of the radio, and I'm almost in tears over this. Um, I really am. I'm sorry. But it, it, the well, Lord used her ministry to, to, to bring me back. I'm closer to the Lord now than I've ever been in my life. Well, and we're, we're excited going, about that. And going away is going to do just tremendous damage to people like me. And I have to ask the key question, whatever happened to sackcloth and ashes? 
Yeah. Whatever happened to you when something moves us to getting into sackcloth ashes? We're on the verge of World War III. We're we're seeking a a revival throughout not only the United States but the world, and we're seeing it happen in Kentucky and other places. We're seeing a famine for the word coming up. If you all go away, whatever happened to sackcloth and ashes? Well, let me let me jump in here, John, for a second. I want you to hang on because I'm going to respond to you for a few minutes. Uh, I appreciate letting you uh, letting you vent, and I think it's important to vent about something that you care about as passionately as you do about this. But I want to I want to make a few points here. Um, first of all, the people who are his radio, um, they deserve your support. They are good godly people who have loved on me and given me this incredible opportunity to be here for 21 years. And so I I want you to understand I have nothing but good things to say about the the organization, about the station, about the leadership. I'm not going to mention names, but just, just suffice it to say that I am, uh, I have been blessed beyond measure, and I will walk out the door sad, but I'm not going to walk out the door angry or upset with anybody here at the radio station. Um, because look, Gary, Gary's retiring. I mean, it's time for Gary to be able to enjoy his retirement years with his wife. Um, he's worked a long time in this business. And, and for the station to decide to do music over here, I mean, there are a lot of things that went into that decision. It's not because they don't care about these issues that we talk about over here. They do care. I promise you. I know these people. They care deeply. But it's, it's, a, it, it's a decision that has a lot of elements that would take me way too long to explain them. But let me just say I trust them. Now, let me address we are extremely excited and thankful to God that he used his radio talk to do a work in your life. But I want you to understand that God loves you, and he will not leave you without encouragement and support. Maybe it's not, it's not, maybe it's not going to be his radio talk. It's not going to be in the form that it's in. But don't for a minute think that God will leave you without a word. He's going to provide for you. You'll find another outlet. He'll provide for you another way to pour that encouragement into your life. And you can take God's Word and just pour it into your life yourself as you study it and as you Look, there are tons of great podcasts out there that you can listen to, that you can find out about what's going on in the world, and at the same time, hear things about the Word of God. And I would encourage you, I'll just take a second here for self-promotion, and tell you that I'm not going away. I mean, I'm I'm 65, I've got some more years, uh, I'm a little behind Gary, so I want to keep going for a little while, and I'm going to choose to do that through a website, drtonybeam.com, drtonybeam.com. And it's already up. Now, there's not a lot of stuff up there yet, but there will be. And it's going to, you you know, I'm working hard to make sure that you can go to that website, you can download the podcast, you can click on a listen live button, and you can actually hear the show from 730 to 830 live. The show's going to be called 
Truth and Politics and Culture with Dr. Tony Beam. And if you're listening to the station, you'll hear that a lot of the other shows that you probably are being fed by spiritually are going to do the same thing. They're going to they're already available, just like we're already available as a podcast. They're going to be already they're already available and will continue to be so that you'll be able to keep up with those. So I just want to encourage you today, and sure. I want to thank you. May I insert a couple of things before yes, sir. we hang up? Yes, sir. Okay. Listen, um, I, I didn't mean to be directing any anger I know. against the, the station. I know. But here's, here's a sharp distinction that I would like to make, and it's not just you that this encouraged me. It's not just been this program. It, it, it's it's the, the ministry of the station. And I, I, I've been in a really pretty intense situation where I've had to work and, and do other things, and I needed the radio. Podcasts don't lend themselves to that, but the radio does. The radio is, is not only ephemeral it, it, ephemeral, it is ubiquitous. It's everywhere, and, you don't, and it's free. You know, from, from the, the standpoint of the listener, it, it, is, it is free, and it is one of those things that you can flip and dip while you're listening, driving along. And so it has a ministry that, that nothing else has and that a podcast can't replace. Now, you know, I, I, and I fully realize the Lord can step in because he has. And, and, but there other, I'm not just thinking about myself. I'm thinking about other people who don't know the Lord. I'm thinking about people who are marginal with the Lord. I'm thinking about people who were who knew the Lord closely and walked away from it. You know, and, and and sometimes there's a tag or something that you 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 listen to where the Lord will snag your attention and will will pull it back. Now I mentioned something, in the, and I'll I'll go on this, um, and I'll, I'll I'll hang up after this. But at one time I was really away from the Lord, and I was away for about 15 years because of something that happened in a church and some other things. And I was starting to come back to the Lord, and the only thing I could do was say, Lord, help. Lord, help me, please. Lord, help me. That's the only prayer I could pray. And I was sitting watching Joyce Meyer, on, and I'm not a super big Joyce Meyer fan, so I don't want to sound like that, but the Lord's used her in my life. I was sitting there watching TV, and I had a little Maltese dog that I loved dearly. His name was Mr. Baby. And he was sitting there, and Joyce Meyer was on TV, and I was sort of marginally listening to her. And she mentioned that she had a Maltese. And Mr. Baby jumped up immediately, charged the TV, sat down, and barked as loud as he could when he said that she had a Maltese. <laughs> and I laughed myself into nearly unconsciousness over that. I just thought it was the most hilarious thing in the world. But the Lord touched my heart with that one little incident. Yeah. Well, John, and, let me do this. So, let me pray for you before you go. Sure. Okay. God, I thank you for my brother, John. And I, I thank you, Lord, that you are, are pouring yourself into his life through different means, through, but always through the word. And I pray, Father God, that you would encourage him today, strengthen him, draw him close to you, O oh God. Draw him close in a way that even though, as, as the great hymn says, we're prone to wander. Lord, we feel it. Prone to leave the Lord we love. And yet, Lord, take our heart and steal it for thy courts above. Take our heart and bind it as a fetter to you, O Lord, that we would not wander, but we would stay faithful and true. And I pray that you would provide John with the outlet that he needs to continue to get the encouragement that we all need 
to walk closer to you every day. Bless him physically, financially. Take care of him, O God, in every way. And thank you for his faithfulness. And anything that we've been able to do to encourage him, Lord, we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, John. We appreciate the call. I'm still praying that you stay on the air as a (laughs) ministry station. I appreciate it, brother. I I really do. Take care. Uh, You take care. Look, let me me respond a little bit um, more to this and and just say, um, I I understand. Look, change is hard. Um, And the older we get, the harder it gets. I mean, let's just be honest. Um, And, you know, I had a little bit of trouble People were telling me, have you heard this podcast? Have you listened to this podcast? I'm like, I don't don't do podcasts. I'm not going to plow a bunch of money into, well, can I just tell you, most podcasts are free. This one is free. It's better than free. It's free. Okay. It's it's not going to cost you anything. All you have to do is subscribe. You just have to, and it's not even called subscribing anymore. It's just, you add it to your list. And let me, let me just say on your phone, if you've got a smartphone, uh, and if it's a if it's an Apple phone, I'm sure Samsung has got some similar thing going on. I just don't know what it is, but there's an app here on my phone called Podcast, and when I hit that, it populates. I can hit Library, and you know there are all my podcasts lined up right where I can. I mean, I can go from which, whichever one I got. I got Dan Bongino, I got Palmetto Family Matters Show, I got Matt Walsh, Steve Dace, The World and Everything in It, Morning Wire, Breakpoint, The Briefing, I mean, on and on and on. Ben Shapiro, of course, I listen to him every day. But let me tell you how easy it is. You just, you you click on this and it populates the, the shows in this app and you can select them and listen to them just like you would the radio. And you may say, well, you know, like John said, the radio is ubiquitous. You don't have to do anything. Well, let me tell you something. Click on the podcast, and this can be anywhere. Your, your smartphone is a Bluetooth device. And cars made in the last 10 years, most of them are Bluetooth capable, and you can, con- you can connect your t- smart device to your car through Bluetooth. It's, it's a simple process. I, and I used to be like that. I used to say, oh, this is too complicated. I'm not going to. No, it's not. You just you just connect it up. And then I can play these podcasts. They even line up. Like this morning, I played Morning Wire on the way in, and it automatically went to the next one that I always listen to, which is Al Mohler in the mornings. See, all that information I gave you about marriage, that came from Dr. Moeller, his discussion about the Harvard research and the article. Okay? So... You know, it, it, all I'm saying is that change is inevitable, but we don't have to just let it run over us. You can listen to this program. If you like this program, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. If you like Joyce Meyer, you can go to, I guarantee you, Joyce Meyer's got a, a podcast or a, she's got an app or she's got something where you can hear her sermons. I mean, I've got, I listen to Jim Cimbala right here on my phone, Brooklyn Tab. They've got an app, and all his sermons are just lined up. I can go from one to the other. Same thing with, um, never can think of his name, out in Texas. Anyway, um, you know, we, 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 we have opportunities. 
I, I know this that this thing can become a curse because we have it and we, we do social media and we do things that's not necessarily good for us. But I'm telling you, um, podcast, apps, music. I mean, I use this phone for just about everything. I'm listening to Ulysses S. Grant's biography right now, Chernow. The, he's done, he did a massive biography of Grant. And I've listened to Lee's biography and other people's, you know, presidents and, and national leaders. And now I'm listening to Grant. And it's just fascinating. Riding around, you know, you, you're picking up knowledge and information. You're enhancing your life. Um, and this is a great way to do it. All right. Thank you, John. Appreciate your call. Uh, let's talk about another John, John Kirby, who is the coordinator for strategic communications at the National Security Council. And John Kirby was asked the other day, we're, we're going to go back to TikTok here for a little bit. John Kirby was asked the other day about, about why when our federal government, our both chambers, the House and the Senate of our legislature, are discussing the possibility of banning TikTok because of it, the fact that it's a national security threat, and taking that into consideration, why would the president of the United States go on TikTok to promote something at the same time that it's being questioned as to whether TikTok is a national security threat? And I want you to listen to John Kirby's answer, and I appreciate the reporter who asked this question. Use it. I wanted to follow up on TikTok. Obviously, you've expressed again today the national security concerns uh, with the app. Why then did the president agree to appear in TikTok videos as recently as, I think, St. Patrick's Day? Again, we uh, we have not changed our national security concerns uh, about the app. Uh, it's it's not uh, on uh, it's not for use on uh, on government uh, devices, and uh, I don't have anything more for but you on that. Does it send the wrong message if the administration is weighing a ban, or could in the future have to weigh it? We have been very consistent about our concerns over TikTok. There's a CFIUS review underway. I, I know you want me to tell tell you more about this, but I'm just not going to get ahead of that. No, that, that, that's not the question. The question is not whether there's a vociferous uh, review underway. The question is, that, I mean, that's not even under question. There is a vociferous review underway. Why in the world is the president of the United States using it to promote himself on TikTok when TikTok, they're saying, and the president agrees, is a national security problem? What happened to leading by example? But that doesn't see the, the there's nobody they're not talking to each other. John Kirby is not talking to whoever is fixing up Biden's schedule. And the scheduler in the White House could care less about national security issues. They just want to put the president out there in front of young people and to get him exposure. And why they want to do that, I don't know, because he makes a fool out of himself more times than not. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, that's just that that's what he does. And yet it, you know, the question, is it hypocritical for the president of the United States to use TikTok to promote himself and to promote the office and to promote the Democrat Party at the same time that Congress is talking about the national security threat? Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's pretty, it's pretty hypocritical. In fact, that's not a very hard question to answer. Um, you know, now one of the things that TikTok was doing is, you know, they're talking about, you've got, 
the guy who's the CEO that was testifying yesterday. His name is uh, he's the CEO. His name is Shoji Chu. Shoji Chu. Okay. He 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 made four commitments yesterday right out of the gate. He said, first of all, we're going to prioritize safety for young users. We're going to make sure there's not bad content on TikTok. Number two, we're going to make sure there's firewall protection for U.S. data users. Now, you when, when you hear these things, just imagine that they've taken every complaint that's possible and they're just saying stuff about it. They're just saying, okay, you're worried about security? Don't worry about security. We're going to make sure everybody's data is safe. You're worried about young people? Don't worry about it. We're prioritizing safety for young people. You're worried about the uh, that TikTok is banning free speech, is putting their thumb on the scale and determining who can say things and who can't. Don't worry about it. We're going to be a place where free expression will not will will not be manipulated by any government. And and oh, you're worried about secrecy. We're going to be transparent. We're the most transparent company around. And by transparent, they're not talking about somebody that's changing gender that has children. They're talking about transparent as in you can see through this. So, you know, that, that of course they're going to say all that. Now, take that in mind that that's what he said, and then listen to this by Samantha Asheris, who is one of the representatives that was asking questions. Listen to what she said. I mean, to me, she pointed out something that flies in the face of every commitment that was made by Chu in that opening statement. This hearing was publicly noticed. I think that's a very interesting point to raise. But more concerning is the fact that it names this chairwoman by name. Your own community guidelines state that you have a firm stance against enabling violence on or off TikTok. We do not allow people to use our platform to threaten or incite violence or to promote violent extremist organizations, individuals, or acts. When there is a threat to public safety or an account is used to promote or glorify off-platform violence, we ban the account. This video has been up for 41 days. It is a direct threat to the chairwoman of this committee, the people in this room, and yet it still remains on the platform. And you expect us to believe that you are capable of maintaining the data security, privacy and security of 150 million Americans where you can't even protect the people in this room? Touche. Nuff said. I mean, she's holding up this huge poster that shows that the chair the the chairwoman of the committee that is that they're testify that he's testifying in front of was directly threatened and the committee threatened on TikTok. It's been up for 41 days. It's a clear violation of TikTok's policy. So why hasn't it been taken down? Why was it not taken down within the first hour or at least the first day? I mean, this, this, is, this is ridiculous. And then he's sitting up there saying, oh, transparency. We're going to protect everybody. We'll protect children. We'll protect, we're, we're going to protect adults. We're going we're to protect your data from it. They can't even monitor their own social media site to keep threats down against committees that he's actually testifying in front of. It's like, you know, she's right. Samantha made, made the concluding statement, look, you can't even protect the people in this room. How are you going to protect 150 million Americans? Look, TikTok needs to be transferred to an American company 
or it needs to be banned, period. And I think there's a lot of bipartisan support, notwithstanding Jamal Bowman from New York, who thinks it's a joke. I got news for you, Jamal. There's National security, transparency in these social apps is not a joke to most Americans. It's dead serious. Threats like this against the committee, that's an outrageous violation of American security that you could go on TikTok and threaten a committee and that chairperson and have that still stay up on social media. Uh, just a quick word here. Uh, let's see if I can find the, t- the email that I need. I bet if I put that in. There is going to be a meeting of the library committee on Monday at noon. Uh, they meet every fourth Monday at noon. And it, if you want to speak, um, to speak into this issue of having pornographic material available for children, which is what this is about, Don't let anybody confuse you. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. This is about pornographic material in the library accessible by minors. And all you should be there to do, don't get sidetracked. Don't get into other issues. Are there other issues surrounding this material? You bet. But if we want to get this committee to act, stay focused. Okay? You need to get there at 1130 if you want to speak. And I'm going to tell you where in just a minute, so hang on. But just tell them that your concern is that this material is available for minors. You want it to be available in the adult section only. The library committee meets in the boardroom on the upper level of the Hughes Main Library. That's the boardroom on the upper level of the Hughes Main Library. Get there at 1130 on Monday if you want to speak, and the meeting begins at 12. And they're going to vote whether to recommend this material be moved or not. Now, this recommendation, county council can do something about it, but this it's they really want the library committee to deal with this. And, and if they do, then fine. If not, county council needs to step in. Now, this is serious, folks, and it's common sense. All right. Um, We've already talked about one of the, the first thing, the four things that takeaways from the TikTok hearings. There were four commitments made by CEO Chu, and I've told you what they are. We've talked about that. The second thing, he emphasized that TikTok is a private company. ByteDance is not owned or controlled by the Chinese government. It's a private company, Chu told the committee. 60% owned by global institutional investors, 20% owned by the founder, 20% owned by employees around the world. Yeah. It's got board members. Big whoop. It's in China. China controls those businesses. You think you think ByteDance can do something that the Chinese government doesn't much like? Not if they want to continue to be a company. So let's let's don't insult our intelligence, okay? Let's not imagine that you have a company in China that's outside the purview of the Chinese government. Everything's inside the purview of the Chinese government. Number three, censorship of content. Have any moderation tools been used to remove content on TikTok associated with the Uyghur genocide? Yes or no? That's what Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers, a Republican from Washington State, wanted to know. 
And this was the answer she got. We do not remove that kind of contact content. TikTok is a place of freedom of expression. Just like I said, if you use our if you use our app, you can go on it. You will see a lot of users around the world expressing content on that topic and many others. McMorris Rogers then asked you about the Tiananmen Square massacre in Beijing in 1989. What about that massacre? Yes or no? That kind of content is available on our platform. You can go and read and and search on it. So, and then Rogers said, "I will remind you." that making false or misleading statements to Congress is a federal crime. He said, I understand. Again, you can go on our platform. You will find the content. Now, I can't go on the platform because, I, you know, I don't use TikTok. Um, and so I, it, it, it's – and I'm not going to go through all the hoops to sign up and get an account and all that because I'm not going to use it because I've I, – look, anything owned by the Chinese – not owned, but under the influence of the Chinese government is not good for this country. Can we just, you know, kind of get get a, our heads wrapped around that? China is our enemy. They are not our friend. I know they're a trading partner. I get that. But we have given away way too much to China in terms of control over American markets, particularly silicon chips and the things that we have to have to stay strong. I, I just... You know, we, we have got to break free from this kind of in-depth association. Okay, the fourth thing is uh, takeaway is a, is a, quote, tragic story. Representative Gus Bilarakis, Republican from Florida, shared the story of a 16-year-old boy named Chase who ended his life a year ago by stepping in front of a train. Chase's parents were there, and they were very emotional. Mr. Chu your company destroyed their lives. Your company destroyed their lives. I admire their courage to be here and share Chase's story in the hopes that it will prevent this from happening to other fam families. The content in Chase's For You page was not a window to discovery, as you boldly claimed in your testimony. It wasn't content from a creator that you invited to roam the hill today or STEM education content that children in China see. Instead, his for your page, was sadly a window to discover suicide. It is unacceptable, sir, that even, even after knowing all these dangers, you still claim TikTok is something grand to behold. Great point. And then the final question, who helped prepare Chu's testimony? Mr. Chu, I wouldn't ask you to discuss any privileged attorney-client materials, but did anyone aside from your lawyers assist you in preparation for today's hearing? He said, I prepared for the hearing with my D.C. team. Did, did anyone at ByteDance directly provide input, help, or instruction? Congressman, this is a high-profile hearing. My phone is full of well-wishers. You know, there's a lot of people that provide. Are you willing to share who helped pre prepare you for this hearing with the committee? She responded, I can follow up with you if you like. Then Burgess asked again about ByteDance. Can you guarantee that no one at ByteDance had a role in preparing you for today's hearing? Like I said, this is a high-profile hearing. Yeah, yeah. In other words, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to give you a word salad that you can chew on so that I don't have to give you a direct answer. That's all the time we've got for today. we got five more days of this program on this radio station. I hope you'll join us next week, and have a good weekend in between.